It is July 5th, 2022. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. Whoops. a good one i am tim herb as always i'm joined by my lovely co-host mr kevin bradley that's me across the table from me in the flesh this me in the flesh suit as it were dan james unable to join us tonight due to uh unforeseen circumstances if you guys are watching us on youtube make sure that you hit the subscribe button the notification bell icon get notified whenever we go live especially when we're 10 minutes late like tonight because Trying to work a podcasting schedule around a toddler's bedtime every week is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, that's why Dan's never here, right? Yeah, Dan's <laughs> got like six kids. <laughs> Which is why he's not here tonight. <laughs> Funny enough. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, sounds like Rowan's okay, but Dan can't be here. Yeah, little, unfortunate. little hiccup yeah. at camp, so... Um, anyway, and if you guys are listening, I'm watching to the us, game right now, guys, if you guys are listening to us on, um, Apple podcasts, leave us a rating and or a review. We will read them live on the show as we get them. I don't think we have anything new yet. It's like harder to find it. What do you think? Do you need to switch with me? No, I'm just trying to think of what it tastes like. Okay. So I, as you guys probably know, if you guys are regular listeners, watchers, we are spicy water drinkers, sparkling water, as it were. LaCroix is probably the most ubiquitous brand as it comes to that. And we went to Costco this week, and right now they have the they have a variety 24-pack that like they switch out seasonally. And right now it's Cran Raz, which is one of their OG flavors. Um, Lemoncello, which Kevin hates because he doesn't like lemon. And it's like a dessert LaCroix. I can't explain it. It's... And then cherry blossom and cherry blossom is like the most interesting flavor I've had yet. I can't, I've, I was telling our buddy JP cause he, he buys, mm-hmm. right. He he's Costco is one of right. his, or, um, LaCroix is one of his renders. Right. Um, and he, I was telling him, I was like, I don't know. Cause I was asking him what he thought about it. Cause he, he just, yeah. it, I asked him and he immediately laughed because he's like, it's very polarizing. It is, it is. I said, I'm three in right now since Saturday. This is my third one since Saturday, and I still don't know if I like it or not. It's, uh, it has like a very, it's Dr. Pepper, right? Like the after, like the, it's after, something like that. It's like a very Dr. Pepper afterbirth that you get from it. It's, it almost tastes like hand lotion. Uh, huh. or like some sort of perfume type deal. I, don't, I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Well, good thing. Kevin was kind enough to bring over, um, bubble tea from, I think this is the best bubble tea I've had. Yeah. D- this is ding tea over off of Oak live Oak parkway, uh, off of Jimmy. Carter. We go to Gong Cha a good bit. There's a mm. few of those. There's one up uh, by the forum and there's one on Buford highway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ding tea's solid though. Yeah. Um, if you guys, uh, let's see, we have a good bit in the trap. Sorry for the people who were waiting early. Uh, Joe Johnstone 
gracing us with his presence. Happy belated birthday to the happiest of Joes. Um, Elliot Beaven is joining us. Richard Gordon. Uh, who else do we got? Who else do we got? Um, I got to scroll down a good bit. We got Nathan Explosion, Brittany SCM. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. Um, it's a weird road trip because while well, Kevin was up in New York, I think he is probably the reason it, it ended up like this, only securing one point <laughs> out of two matches. Actually, which is one more point than I was expecting us to get out of those two matches. Oh, that's fair. Granted, I don't know if you watched it, though. I watched more of the Cincinnati uh, NYCFC game than I watched of our game against NYCFC. Did you see that fiasco? Oh, yeah, it was crazy, right? It ended up being. 5-4 NYCFC? Yeah, yeah. Is that what it was? I think so. Cincinnati was up 3-0, and then NYCFC no, it clawed four, it. Four. It yeah, four, four. NYCFC clawed it back. It's like, holy shit, man. That was a wild game to watch. Yeah, it's insane. Like I said, it just happened to be on while we were hanging out up there, so I caught most of that one. But um, yeah, after that match, I was like, oh, maybe Atlanta's got a shot going into the matchup against them this weekend. But yeah. Not I mean, so much. It started on Thursday night. Again, I can't wait for this Apple TV deal to kick in so we don't have to worry about Thursdays and Sundays and yep. Wednesdays and Saturdays and having yep. to line that stuff up, worried about who's getting more advantageous scheduling as a result, whatever. So Thursday, we were in Patterson, New Jersey. Scored our first goal ever in New Jersey against Red Bulls. Right? That's so hard to believe. In the, in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So That's so hard to believe. Yeah, so we scored our first goal, and then uh, as Brittany S. said in the trap with New York Red Bulls, they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And then, uh, yeah, Red Bulls, we just unraveled. Yeah. Look, man, I mean, that's what you're – I mean, the whole thing with Caleb Wiley and the PK that follows that, I mean, a lot of that stuff is going to come with inexperience and, and youth and injuries and everything else that the team's dealing with right now. You know, I mean – I don't know what to say. It's I didn't expect us to win either of those matchups on this road trip. Um, yeah, I think it's more disheartening the loss against Toronto than either of these two results this past week. Yeah, I agree. And I think, um, you know, Dan and I talked about that last week. It's it's like that was the game that we thought we would get points from. Right. Exactly. Multiple points. Exactly. With an S that we would get from that match of the three on the road trip. And then it just so happens that that was not the case. And, um, our, I wouldn't even say it's luck, right? So if we stick with the Red Bulls game first, the injuries, injuries inexperience, and lack of chemistry, I think can be blamed for a lot. It's tough though. Whenever you see, so Caleb Wiley, that, that tackle, you're right. That's, that's going to happen with a young player. I don't think he's going to probably make that mistake, at least in the same way. No, just to stick a leg out there kind of lazily. Right. Like, um, or trying to do too much in the box. That said penalties happen, but that last goal was just, you can blame it on Alex DeJohn being what third, fourth string center back, third string center back. Well, fourth string, when Miles is healthy, you can blame it on the exhaustion, whatever. I don't remember who said it. Maybe T.O.T. Football. He's like, you don't pass between your center backs against no. a pressing team no. that late in exactly. the game. Exactly. And then Alex DeJount, like, it's inexcusable. Not at least 
he all he had to make was like a one yard or two yard step over to that ball, and he would have beaten. I already forgot the kid's name, but a sixteen year old that ended up beating him on that ball and, yeah. and scoring that goal. Right? Yeah. It's it's tough. I I, I don't know how. I, I imagine. If you're Gonzalo Pineda, you have to lay into the team after that, right? Because it's it's to me like being able to knowing your track record against uh, New York Red Bulls for the past five years, I guess five and a half years. Yeah. Don't expect a whole lot playing them in the regular season, and then right. be able to secure a point away from yeah, home absolutely. there on a on a three game road trip and three games in mm-hmm. eight days, whatever it was. Yep. And then just to just to give that up on such a lazy, stupid. Well, it's play. just a, again, it's back to this whole thing. It's like, can Atlanta win a game with a lead? Can they hold a lead with anything less than three goals? Like it, it's just, I don't know the last time that they secured a win that they weren't up by at least two, like at one point or another in the game. Like yeah, I don't know either. It's 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 laughable. Like they can't shut down a, a one nil lead and they're struggling to maintain a two nil lead. Right. You know? it's, yeah. It's, it's so frustrating to watch that happen because you start to like, as a fan, I feel like I start to cling to hopes. Like you see that first goal go in you're like, okay, yeah. Yeah. this is awesome. And then we start like, we're playing pretty well. Right. You know, a lot of people will say we played some of our best ball against New York Red Bulls. Mm-hmm. That last 10 minutes just, and how many times have we seen it happen, man? I, I'm getting I think, I'm getting tired of hearing that was the best game we've seen Atlanta United play all year. It's like our benchmarks need to be higher then. Because Well, it's not even that. It's the it's the caveat that comes after that, which is that was the best game Atlanta United's played all season, except for the last ten minutes. Like that seems to be the recurring theme, right? It's like how many games have been blown in the last ten to fifteen minutes of a match? time and time and time again whenever Atlanta held the lead at some point leading up to that point. It's hard to count. Yeah. Right? No, yeah. I, I feel like I feel like it's every match at this point. And it's inexcusable, man. Like you don't want to be the team that's going to park the bus, but fuck, if that's what it's going to take for this team to start getting points, like I don't care. Like I, yeah. I just don't know what the answer is, but it seems ridiculous that they can't lock it up with a lead no, uh, consistently. Yeah. Um let me see. Elliot Beaven saying, hoping our, our new center back helps uh, helps the defense. Yeah, Brittany Essing the same thing. Hopefully Parada is better because she can't anymore. Yeah. Dude, George Campbell in the NYCFC game almost cost us a few times, man. I yeah. mean, what's his name over? Uh, Morales had his number all fucking night. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, there were times, there was one really bad giveaway that he had that if, if not for an attempt on goal from like 40 yards out, it probably still would have. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Whenever he, he, I mean that one, I can maybe excuse a little bit cause he, it slipped. It seemed like, like he just lost his footing and then Morales, Morales almost, we were talking about that with, Rocco, right? Like he plays so far out of the box, it's just going to be somebody's going to punish him. And Morales almost does it early on in that game by lobbing one over the top, but it happens to go over the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, Brittany asked with the new tagline for the season, uh, the last 10 minutes, Atlanta, here we go again. I think that's pretty, pretty fair. much. Yeah. Um, Matt Wisniewski brings up a good point, And I was going to bring this up to you too. Whenever you're talking about parking the bus, he said, I, said, I don't think we could park the bus. Our best no. defense is possession. And even then, like, stop playing out of the back at the end of the match. (laughs) I know I I tweeted that in frustration, and I know we had been playing out of the back for 80 minutes, and then we gave up that goal like that. But again, I don't know why we can't play. Yeah, why why are they not playing possession on 
you know, the other half of the field or trying to park the bus on the other, you know what I mean? Like just play keep away at least. Like I understand that you don't want to be so, you know, compressed onto our back line and that's not necessarily the style that we play. And we've seen that time and time again too, where Atlanta just is incapable of parking the bus even, but there's got to be a there's a solution to be had with the lineup that's in place that you can secure a win without chasing a, yeah. chasing the game or parking the bus. And I think that's for a possession based team that consistently is leading possession match in and match out. How the fuck can they not maintain possession to just hold on to a lead? So I, I don't get it. Does that really just shine a light on how bad our defense is? Yeah. Because if we had the defense that we had last year, if Miles Robinson was healthy would we be giving up the goals at the rate we do with the possession? Because you're right. I mean, it's not like we're we're giving up the ball that often. Like, we're not giving right. up possession. Right. We're giving the ball away or getting caught in bad positions, and, and teams are capitalizing it, uh, capitalizing on it. Um, Elliot Beaven, should we say Pineda out yet? Oh, I've been saying it since the first loss, man. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, without doing a complete heel turn, He's not. None of this is on him. I don't think. I mean, there's growing pains. They're still trying to figure out everything with the roster. Let's not go through this fucking song and dance with another manager again so soon. Um, Let's let's get the ship righted. Let's let's get some of these signings in in the transfer window. Hopefully, we can at least make playoffs. That's what we've been talking about all season. But even if we don't this year, you know, I think next year will be a better litmus test to see sort of where this team is really headed in the long term. Um, just the injuries this year, man. I mean, tough. It's really, really tough. Yeah. So uh, speaking of, I had laid that out on Twitter earlier uh, in a poll. I'll share that on the screen right now. And um, just asking in, in everybody's eyes, is Atlanta United a playoff team? Mm-hmm. Um, and 173 votes, two to one pretty much say no. Yeah. No. Two, almost two thirds say no. To us making the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, you can't consistently lose or draw matches and those being your only two outcomes 60% of the time and still make make the cut line. No. Even, even in a league that's favoring more teams making the playoffs than not, you just can't not produce redu- results week in and week out on a consistent basis like this team has been doing. Yeah, I and. I think the East is not, I know we're not that far out, but I think the East has good teams and it's I think it's going to be hard to crack that, um, that playoff spot. Anyway, we get, we can go back to that later, go through some of the comments that people were leaving on the, on the page. But, um, do you have any positives to take, take away from that New York Red Bulls game? I mean, they are top of the league right now. Granted, they have two games in hand on NYCFC, but, I mean, I think I think the positives are the goal scorers are still the goal scorers on the team, right? Like, there's still the capability for this team to score goals. It's what, not Joseph like two and two in a week. Yeah, I mean, dude, what's the stats on Dom Dwyer's time of possession for goal score? At this it point? is. It's I, something ridiculous. He see. scores a goal like every five minutes or something like that. <laughs> uh, hold on, I'll find it. I'll find it. Chris, uh, Chris Smith from uh, actually don't know who he writes for right now. Um, British guy for 90 minute football. He said 4.8% of Dom Dwyer's touches this season have resulted in a, uh, in a goal. That's ridiculous. That's one every 20 touches. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. That's absolutely crazy. Like I said, and I'd be interested to see how many goals scored per minute played 
is too. Uh, yeah, it'd be quick to find out too. Because I'm sure it's I'm sure he's scoring a goal every basically every 30 minutes played or something ridiculous like that. Because most of his time played, even if he's playing a full match, he's scored at least once in, and the other subs that he's had are no more than every, typically 20 or 30 minutes anyway. So yeah, it's every 58 minutes he's scoring yeah. a goal. It's, yeah. It looks like 233 minutes played, and he has four goals in the league. That's crazy. Yeah. So, but 348. Um, so yeah. And, and, and if you take into account his two goals, he scored in us open cups, us open cup, the minutes he played, it's oh, the yeah. exact same. Yeah. It's the exact same. If you do both, it's 58%. Cool. Yeah. That's or 58, 58, 58 minutes, minutes. Every 58 yeah. minutes. That's wild. Dude. Goal. That's absolutely wild to me. Uh, Mateo says about the same as his red cards. <laughs> How many red cards does he have this year? He only has the one. I think it's just the one. Yeah. Yeah. He just has the one. So, yeah, I mean, I think the the positive takeaway from both games really is that your goal scorers are scoring goals. That's what you want. You've got substitutions that are scoring goals with Dom Dwyer, who's proving to be a viable threat and a super sub in that sense. But the big question mark is the midfield and the defense. I mean, I feel like the big issue with that Red Bulls game is just the midfield was just gashed the entire night. Um, yeah. Who did we – I'm losing track now. We had a Mark Sadich – in the middle or was that the NYCFC game? I'm, I know he was in the NYCFC they're game. They're blending together for me at this point, but um, hold on just a second. But yeah, like I said, I think that yeah, so if, if and Sadich in Ibarra. If there is a positive, it's that the team is scoring goals. You're not having to answer that question so much. NYCFC game saw the return of Almada into the lineup, so you finally got your three DPs playing together, so you hope to see that continue. Um especially with a big out-of-conference game this weekend against Austin FC. So, you know. We're back home finally. We're back home, which makes a big difference. Hopefully, um, like, we can get people in front of the team. Yeah. Hopefully, we can fill the stadium up, you know, keep backing them even whenever they're on the downslide. That'll be interesting to see. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's – I don't know. I guess it, uh, it remains to be seen. But, I mean, Austin – we're Austin in the standings. They're a playoff team, right? I believe so. No, they're probably not as hot as they were earlier in the season. No, I take that back. They're second. They're they're two points behind LAFC. Wow. So uh, I don't expect a lot from that match, even at home. But again, could be a big game if Atlanta can get a result out of it, considering recent results against you know top of the East, still get some get a get points against top of the West. That's a good momentum builder. Again, it's all these parts and pieces are coming and going, and how they're all getting assembled and put together. Got your three DPs playing together finally. Um, defensively, do we know when what's his face is going to be cleared to play? Parada? Uh, I think Parada and Gudino are cleared for this weekend. So I it'll be interesting to see if either of them get a start. I believe they're eligible as of Friday. Like all incoming transfers in MLS. So like Lorenzo Insigne from TFC, uh, Georgia Chiellini and Gareth Bale at LAFC. I was going to say, well, that's a big headline that came out because that hadn't been announced whenever yeah, no, you guys we, broadcast. We last. talked about oh, it did last you? week. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. yeah, no, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, are it's crazy. Excited? It's another huge signing. I mean, for the league, it's, I don't think he's, and I may be wildly off base here. I don't think he's as much of the, stereotypical like retirement league type candidate you know he's at an age range where he's maybe not in his prime but he's certainly not over the hump either you know so he's still got some viable tenure that he can provide a a good spotlight and you know 
some some benefit to the league as a whole for those that may be in his same kind of weight class, so to speak, that aren't at the end of their career, but aren't necessarily in their prime years. Right, either, because, so. and I think we talked about this on Monday of last week, or whenever we recorded with, whenever I recorded with Dan, but he, um, I feel like he has the legs too, because Real Madrid haven't been running him into the ground and playing him that much the past couple of years, despite how well he plays mm-hmm. whenever he plays for them. But yeah, I mean, you're right. He he had rumors of going back to going to Cardiff City. I don't know if that's where he started, but I would imagine it's probably the Cardiff of Swansea for most Welsh players to start uh, their academy career. But Cardiff and Tottenham, yeah. And like if you know LAFC can snag him from Tottenham, yeah. You know, I think at this point in his career, he's like maybe I don't want to go play in London or rainy yeah. rainy England yeah. again. Yeah. Go play in LA. I mean, we talked about that too. Is like the draw of Los Angeles is still there for these. I was going to say, man, LAFC's just taking the early two thousands LA Galaxy playbook right now. Yeah, but I, with mean, the, I would say younger players, but Giorgio yeah. Chiellini is thirty six years old. But at least from taking a play from their book, in that they're getting the the players and and spending the money to consistently be in the hunt, right? Like over the past yeah, three no, sure. past three years since they've came into the league, they've either been the the favorites to win it or have come on late in the season to make a run at it every single year since they came into the league. I don't think they've missed the playoffs yet, have they? Maybe their first year? Maybe. I think they were relatively bad their first that's year. That's what I seem like to remember. Them out of the building. I seem to remember the same. But since then, though, they've just been light. Since Vela came in, basically, they've been lights out. Yeah, let's see. LAFC. But um, so Giorgio Chiellini is not necessarily the right type of signing because he's 36 years old defender. I think he's going to probably get run, yeah. run around on the park. Yeah. Um, but a couple other players like um, so we talked. So I, I mentioned Lorenzo Insigne. Oh, sorry. He's 38 is what Nathan Explosion is saying. Uh, right. Wow. Is he really that old? 37. He turns 38 in August. So, yeah, shit. Um, so, Lorenzo Insigne is coming. He's one of the, the Italian national team's better players, right? Like, he's coming and playing for TFC. TFC just traded uh, Pozuelo down yep. to Miami. Yep. And then they're picking up um, Bernadeschi from, from Juventus, who's a winger. And I think he's only like 28 years old. Um, so, oh. yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, the right type of signings are coming yeah. in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's an, it's an exciting time for well, sure. Well, it, it's just funny too is because it's like Atlanta made such a big splash in the league as well coming in and, and putting money into marquee players and spending a lot of money on DPs and then really ended up making a huge impact. And now it seems like there's a lot more teams that are kind of chopping at the bit to do the same. And so even though Atlanta's still spending that money, it certainly got talent in the lineup with, like I said, I'm, I think our three DPs stacked up against three, the other three DPs for any other team in the league. We're at least on the upper half of oh, yeah, a, I would say so. a quality standpoint, but because the league is getting more competitive in those types of players that are in the lineups and in the rosters, it's there's a lot more competition within the conferences as a result. You know? Yeah. I mean, parody is a word that comes to mind when it yeah. comes to MLS. And I think yeah. it's, and then I don't even know if it's that so much as like, it's, there's an evening out with a lot of teams right now yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, because like take Sunday, for example, look at NYCFC's DPs, Tati Castellanos. Fuck that guy. That guy 
He's so good. I know he is. He, I fucking hate him because he's so good, and he just looks like a shithead. I just <laughs> he drives me nuts. <laughs> With the yeah, he's dude. It's just it's annoying how good. He is. Yeah. Um, to get back to Red he Bulls, won Golden Boot last year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get back to Red Bulls real quick, um, Shea Adam, CM, as it were. Uh, saying Pineda set the team up great versus uh, Red Bulls. They said the legs gave out at the 65th minute. No subs off the bench between TFC and NYCFC matches. So yeah, I know it's it's tough. Like I I try and grapple I I, I try and grapple the fact that we have one of the two most expensive squads in MLS, and even despite I know we're dealing with a lot of injuries, but it still feels like we're not in these games to win. Like we're not there. Like we're not, I don't expect us to win games. No, we don't have the, we don't have the, what's the word I'm looking for? Assertiveness. Assertiveness. There's, there's not the same level of intimidation against opponents with this lineup as we had during our 2018 run. Nobody's scared of us. No, you're right. Yeah. I feel like there was a lot of games in 2018 that were completely dictated just by the fact that we were, somebody was coming into Mercedes Benz and had to play a team that was proven time and time again to run it up. That doesn't exist right now. Nobody's intimidated by this Atlanta United lineup. They're not intimidated by our results. They're not intimidated by our record. They're not intimidated by our fan base. They're not intimidated by our stadium. They're not intimidated by our atmosphere. None of that, you know, Um, because our resume as it relates to the league and league standing is irrelevant. You know, our, our resume of MLS Cup champion and Campione's Cup champion, Open Cup champion, all that stuff is years removed, and the roster is two times removed from what this team is right now. And yeah. so I don't think that any of that exists in a contextual standpoint that you're able to go in and boss a game just based on reputation or intimidation alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, to to CM's point, we need a little bit of this. We don't got no dog in us. We ain't got that dog in us. We need, you can't see the screen right now, but that's probably one of my favorite pictures on the internet right oh now. Oh, my God. It's a, uh, I'm sure for those of you listening, it's just search. You got that dog in him, and uh, it's pit bulls in a uh, chest x-ray. Um, I just feel like I need to leave that up the rest of the, uh, <laughs> the, rest of the broadcast. No, I'll kill it. Um, I mean, to Tony Neitzel's point, saying we're too top-heavy, our bench is pretty weak, yeah. uh, at least defensively. I think that's true. I mean, this brings up a point. Like, if you could, let's say you could split two D or you could split a DP slot into two TAM guys, would you do it in this league? Knowing what you know, our track record of being able to field all three DP guys to begin with. Yeah, I would. And I would put them into high quality defenders at this point. Yeah, exactly. Because I think with two solid, like a solid DP midfielder and a solid DP striker, you really, where you get burned at in this league more times than not, is having to defend against every other team that's spending all of their DP money in the same allocation spots as what Atlanta United's doing by spending them in midfielders and strikers. Yeah. And then you don't have defender, like you're having to rely on the one-off Miles Robinson that comes around or the veteran Michael Parkhurst that's still in the league or the, you know, Jeff Lorenowitz or something like that to kind of get you through. 
But aside from that, there's a lot of discrepancy and, and parity to use your word earlier in between what's happening at those defensive positions throughout the league. Um, I think that's what um, has been so great about Zimmerman's tenure is that he's been able to yeah. show how valuable it is to have a defensive DP in a lineup, right? How many defensive DPs are there right now in MLS? <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. I, I would say maybe, I don't even know who they would be, but maybe three, would you count goalkeepers? No, I wouldn't count goalkeepers because I know that there's at least a few of those, right? Because yeah. isn't Stefan one? Isn't Stefan a DP? Um, Stefan Fry? No, Zach Stefan is in uh, EPL right now. Um, so, oh, shit. No, that's not who I was thinking of. Um, uh, shit, I can't remember his name. Stefan Fry from Seattle? No, 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 no. What's what's NYCFC's keeper's name? Oh, Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson, that's who I'm at. Yeah. Isn't he a DP? Um, I don't think so. Oh, okay. For some reason I thought he was. No, I'm looking at this list and they're almost all, if not all, midfielders or strikers. I'm trying yeah, to find any defensive DPs. And I'm having trouble. A lot of these guys I don't know because I don't I can't follow all these teams, but yeah, I mean the majority, if not all of them, maybe Carlos Salcedo. He's a center back. He's one of Toronto's DPs. Walker Zimmerman, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean that's tough. Yeah, I think that's. I mean Walker Zimmerman is a, that's a great example because he's like a linchpin player for Nashville. They're they're yeah. a team that I feel like prides themselves on um, on how well they play yeah. defense and. Yeah. Um, and Brittany has bringing up, we had one at one point, Alan Franco. That's true. He was a DP, and I think he is kind of getting a spotlight shown on him right now. And I don't know if it's 100% his fault because he's bearing a lot of the criticism for that back line right now. But I think I think you're, we're just seeing the type of player he really is. I, I think the issue with the back line is there's no field marshal. No, you're right. There's, There's nobody, nobody there. back think, there. Is Rocco going to do that? Rocco's not going to do it. George Campbell hasn't, you know, worked his way up. Like he's certainly been in the roster for all of this season in a starting position in one way or another. But, you know, I just don't think that there's that field marshal back there that you had with a Miles Robinson or with a Brad Guzan back there. And with those guys gone, there's just nobody back there kind of manning the helm, you know? Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I feel like even Alec can could would have been that guy. Yeah. Yeah. More so than what we have right now. Well, yeah. What do you think about um, what's his face that's been playing over on the right the past few weeks? Um, um, Mc, what is it? It starts with a, it's like a McGowan Aiden, or something Aiden, like that. Um, Aiden McGregor or McGowan or <laughs> McFadden. McFadden. I think someone to say Aiden McF. I'm I'm McGeady. I keep thinking of McGeady, the old uh, Scottish player. No, um, Aiden McFadden. I I think that he has the potential to be an MLS player. I think he's kind of just been foiced in this position, unfortunately, yeah. due to us. We're losing two right backs, yeah. which 
I don't think that's a position you you put a lot of money into keeping yeah. depth at your fullback yeah. positions. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Mikey Ambrose um, to an extent, Breck Shea a couple of years ago. It's not like you're bringing in, in having this, like you would rather have attackers that you're bringing in off of your bench than having uh fullbacks. But yeah. I don't know. I, I see bright spots in him. Um, I think we talked about the fact that in the Toronto game, there were times where he looked like a completely comfortable MLS starting right back. And then there were other times it's like, what I, I think he's like out of his depths. Well, even I, I just got to the point in the match of the third goal, which is NYCFC's second goal. And I feel like, again, back to that inexperience, he's in the middle of that run of play, has a good chance to clear the ball out over the line, ends up just getting a half touch on it and ends up setting up the the knock back in that leads to the Castellanos goal. And that's why I asked the question. It's just I think those little things – make such a huge difference. Like in that situation, if you can't clear it out and you're running, you, you I mean, at least kick it past the, the back touch line. So it goes out for a corner at yeah, least like yeah. you, you can't play it back out to an NYCFC guy that's streaking in that can just pull it back in across the floor to Castellanos. Who's right there unmarked, you know? Um, yeah. I look at that goal. I'm like, how much space did Castellanos <sighs> run into? Yeah. There was like, yeah. It's like the Red Sea party yeah. in the middle yeah. of the, the box. Yeah. Well, all of them get caught in the run of form or in the run of play. Like they're all in line with the ball and nobody stays back to play the man that's back beyond the touchline. And so I, I don't know. I it, It's tough, man. Like, like I said, I think the defense is just really, really struggling right now. And I don't know what the answer is or who the answer is. Um, I'm really happy with what we've been able to do offensively, but defensively, it's just you got to have both sides of the ball. Maybe do you though? Do you, do you? You do if you unless you're running up four and five goals a game. What that's what I'm saying is like, do we try to switch our mentality away from possession and just go balls out and just try to play as direct as possible? I mean, I look at NYCFC; they gave up two goals to us at home. Yep. They gave up four goals to Cincinnati. They gave up a hat trick to Brenner. I'm pretty sure Brenner scored a hat trick in that game. Yeah. Like I look at that team, it's not like and I guess I could look at the tables and look at their goal their goals against and how they rank against the rest of MLS, but there are times where they're a, like their back line is a sieve. Like yeah. but they still win matches or they get even in like bad cases like that, they end up drawing just matches. Sell out for the goals, basically. Right. It's it's just getting on the other side of that. Yeah, it's for us. It's draw or loss right now. Yeah, draw is our best result. Yeah, now, well, you know, again, and I think maybe some of that will come with the players that we have coming in right now. You know, to what Brittany has said before, it's like we've got a center back coming in and we got a goalkeeper coming in. Bring in the center back, go to a back three, fucking just push everybody up. You got a new goalkeeper back there. You've got a little bit more of a veteran player back there and goalkeeper. Hopefully, if if they're that back three does get challenged. You've got a more veteran player back there that's more capable. I'm not saying Rocco's been bad per se, but it's he's it's been unfortunate the situations he's he's found yes. himself in yes. from the defense yes. the defensive side. Yes. I mean, I don't know if I can. Obviously, you can't blame him for the PK. I, you no. can't blame him for uh, the second goal against Red Bulls. Can't blame him for Castellanos' second goal. The first goal that Castellanos scored. That ball from Talos Magno, yeah. just the vision to yeah. split those yeah. two guys on the yeah. right. Yeah. 
and for Castellanos to make that run and then just to be able to put it in. Um, yep. it's, yep. Again, like you get beat close post like that on a rocket. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't blame the like kid. Like I said, and, and offensively, man, I mean, Joseph's goal in that NYCFC game, that's what I'm, I love seeing that shit, man. Like you talk about Joseph who hasn't been, you know, the one to make those aggressive header plays and, and putting his body on the line, you know, going after those kinds of touches in a while now to see him get on the end of one and really go for it and put it away. Like that's huge. That's, that's what's promising out of that result at least. And yeah, you do get one point. It's unfortunate again, that you drop the Toronto game and the Red Bulls game, especially considering the Red Bulls game, you were up, um, but they did claw back after being down twice against NYCFC. So it's again, it's not all doom and gloom here. You know, NYCFC fans may be saying the same thing. It's like, fuck, we were up one nothing, and then we were up yeah. two one, and then we still gave it up at the end. And granted, I think that their situation being at the top of the East right now is a little bit different. Whereas we're just clawing to be into, above the playoff line, but. That's that's what makes the difference, right? Or, or the teams that can manage to do both, those that can maintain a lead and those that can claw at least a point back after being down uh, throughout the match. So at least we've got a part of that proven with the NYCFC match. But again, it's that maintaining the lead that seems to be so tricky for the team right now. Yeah, I mean, you brought up the point of maybe playing Parada on a three-back. And if if I'm reading into people's reactions between the two matches is that in the loss, we played better than we did in the draw. Yeah. Right? Let's say Red Bulls, for 80 minutes, we played a lot better than we did for the entire 90 against NYCFC. Also, fuck, fuck the 90 against NYCFC. NYCFC. Yeah, because Yankee Stadium, which is a fucking eyesore to watch on TV, by the way, with all the sod that they have to put down in the yeah. fucking infield. But anyway, back to your point. Go ahead. Yeah, no, Nathan Explosion. I forget he's an NYCFC fan. He said, I was pissed. NYCFC <laughs> fan. Um, but if you take into account what happened at the end of the game. Let's say you blame Alex DeJohn for that. Maybe you can play Parada in that position where you have Parada, Franco, and Campbell in that back three. Yep. And DeJohn can be a fresh that's exactly what I would. That's exactly how coming I would play. in because you're right. I mean, it was definitely a different look for us. Granted, we were playing without Tiago Almada against yep. Red Bulls because yep. it was suspension. So it's kind of hard. Like, how do you weave that? How do, how do you refactor that team with a back three? Yeah with him in because we only, we played a back four yesterday, right? Against NYCFC. Yeah. So that's what makes it difficult there. But I mean, it was definitely a different dynamic. We had three midfielders. We had three guys in the back and then we had two wing backs playing up to Joseph and, um, Luis. Yeah. Yeah. Or I guess it was maybe it was Cisneros and Luis at at first. And then you play those, you play those three back and you take out what's his name that McGowan, what was his last name? <laughs> McFadden. McFadden. Poor guy. I, I know. I feel terrible. But again, you, you because... messed with my brain. I know his name, and you start spouting these. Canner goes in, right? Yeah. Uh, McFadden, I think, honestly, I think you take him out and you just run that lineup without him. And you, Who do you let play on the right wing. Almada. Okay. That's and... basically where he was most of the NYCFC match, anyway. That's fair. Yeah, that and to your point, you you brought up the Joseph goal. I think the positive that I saw in that first was Almada. Yeah. Uh looping that cross on that run. Uh it was beautiful. But Joseph 
scoring an athletic goal. Hell yeah. And, and just knowing where his knees are. That was are a beautiful right cross by Almada, though. The little yeah, chip cross. Just looped just right over the top. Lobbed it up he there. Did, he oh. did a left trigger wide. Yeah, yeah exactly. Just, uh, exactly. Uh, over the head. Through, the finesse touch. Through ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it was beautiful. And to see him like falling away, jumping, it's, yep. it's been a while, I feel like, since we've seen him uh, get on the end of that. So, Could you imagine if he had scored that in the bins? Oh, man. I mean. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Like I said, it's a good thing to see right now, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's, is that three? That's not three straight games he scored. Yeah, right? it is. He scored against Toronto? No, I don't think he scored against Toronto. He scored the game before Toronto because we talked about that because him and Almada both scored. Or not Almada, but Aruju. Yeah, it was Aruju that scored against Toronto. That's yeah, right. No, it was it, Joseph and Aruju scored against. Who was it that we played before the Toronto match? I can't even remember now. Um, Oh shit! Yeah, it was at home. Anyway, doesn't matter. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's scored Miami. Miami. I mean, he's scored in three of the last four. That's really fucking promising. Yeah, coming off of that surgery, there are people who are like, "Will he retire?" Well, I think we talked about it on this show. It's like got Kelly all triggered talking about it. I mean, (laughs) you know, that was pretty great. So, you think we're a playoff team? Um, dude, we're gonna be close. Yeah. If we are, we're seven. I don't know if we're we're no better than seven. I don't think. If we are, we squeak it in late and it's we'll we'll take the seventh spot. I don't think we climb any higher than that. Yeah. I and I would love to get Nathan Nathan Explosions um thoughts here as an NYCFC fan. I looked at yesterday's match and I felt like we got away with murder or like away with robbery because oh, how yeah, many dude. chances they, they had, had in front a of a goal. ton of chances. Yeah. A ton of chances. I mean Early on, um, uh, Jesus, uh, center back. George Campbell clears one out that was, I mean, it looked like it might have gone wide, but, I mean, he still had to get inside of the touch line, inside a goal to clear it out to keep that from going in potentially. I mean, even though it looked like it was going wide, it still could have hit the inside of the post potentially and kicked yeah. back in. Who knows how that would have gone. But, yeah, I mean, they had a ton of chances. I mean, Morales is – Chip over Rocco was just narrowly off, you know? I look at that, and I think against the top, which I think we have a pretty loaded back end of the schedule, like, I look at that performance, and if we play like that and give up as many chances, we're not going to be so lucky every time. Either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to end up giving up a lot of goals. But at the same time, Atlanta had a couple of really good opportunities, too, that didn't go their way, you know? There were a few shots that were on goal that, you know, unfortunately went right at Johnson. And yeah, Joseph's Joseph's ball that he just kind of trickled in exactly. Sean Johnson was exactly it was pretty unfortunate. And then there was another shot that was uh pretty powerful. I can't remember whose it was. Then Johnson had a pretty good save on again. It was Aruju. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, there was a few moments where Atlanta didn't have things exactly go their way either. So um, that's always the way it's going to be, though. I wanted to go through some of the reactions that we got from that that Twitter poll, um, but I just kind of want to set it up. I'll share the screen, too, for those of you guys watching. If you want to follow along, that we uh, I'm going to put the MLS table, the Eastern Conference table up right now. Uh, the aforementioned Red Bulls in first right now. Uh, they have a game in hand on Philly in second, Montreal in third, two games in hand on NYCFC in fourth. Cincinnati's in fifth, but they kind of start the second gap. 
So you have 32, you have a two point difference, three point difference between first and fourth between the two um, Hudson River teams in NYCFC have to be the favorite to overtake that first spot again, having two games in hand. They can get even like four points out of that. They would overtake it. Um, and then it starts to get interesting because you have Orlando City, who's barely above the playoff line. So Cincinnati, Orlando, and New England. New England's clawed back after a really poor start to the season. Um, they're back. They're in the seventh slot. And then you have Charlotte, who I think may end up in the playoffs. Um I, I just get that feeling they're going to scrape their way in. But then you have like Inter Miami who may turn the corner with Pozuelo coming in. You have Columbus and then you have us in, in 11th. We're five points out from five points out from with seven one game in hand, right? Uh, yeah. With one game in hand, we're five points out, but also we are, um, I guess we're one win, one win back from the tiebreaker with uh, yeah. new England. So like I said, I think if we make it, it's going to be close and, at least where we're sitting right now, because we're officially over the halfway point, right? How many games have we played now? We played. We are at the halfway point. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. We've yeah. played seventeen, so we have half of the season left. And I stand corrected about the NYCFC defense. They've only allowed nineteen goals this season, but so I mean, six of those nineteen were in the past week. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know who who drops there, who we get in for. Uh, or who we get in against um, in that spot, or whose spot we take. Uh, let me share the uh, the Twitter replies real quick. Um, Gabe uh, Gully Cuban, our buddy Gabe Laha, saying uh, seeing what Mama, as people are referring to it as Martinez, Arujo, uh, Moreno, and Almada. Uh, can do on a toddler size pitch in New York City gives me hope that they can be extremely goal dangerous going forward. Uh, plus, we have Cardiac Dom as a super sub who we didn't even talk about scored the the game tying goal at the end of the match. Uh, who needs defense when we can and should score three to four a game? This is what you guys wanted, right? Yep. No. Who's no, not excited? No more one nil loss or one nil wins. We're That's going true. for like four three wins. Yep. Um, we got Pablizi. Uh, saying too many injuries have not allowed the team to gain familiarity and implement Pineda's ideas, uh, lack of cohesion and leadership on uh, injured players' absence is contributing factor. I'm guessing he voted no. Um, Keith Filer, there's enough talent to move up three spots. The spread of points where they sit is minimal. It's very true. We just discussed five points difference. Uh, after game 17, we had our three DPs on the field together. Uh, we still play, or we will play much better. Uh, I think we're going, or I think, and to think where we are, uh, we are with the injuries. Sorry, I'm uh, sputtering. I, I, all my reading came out at bedtime. Like I don't <laughs> think I could process this. That That's much. why you start, you start reading in different voices, you know. Yeah, uh, Dirty Bird person. Every week is a new major leg injury. I just don't know anymore the depth on this team. If they ever get healthy, uh, one of these seasons could be incredible. Um, God, there's a bunch to go through. I don't know if I'll, I let's probably not get through all of them. I probably should have screened these before, but uh, Shay Adams saying this current team. No, uh, promising and fun front four, but we're too gaff prone defensively. Like this is my exact thoughts. Upgrades to personnel could help. Sure. But new returning folks will have to integrate versus tougher schedule. Love watching Dom Wiley and McFadden are promising. Uh, and Pineda should keep his job. Yeah, no, I agree with all that. 
Yeah. It's, like uh, I said, I think I know McFadden is on the sort of chopping block in the scenario that I put out there. <clears throat> I, I agree with his sentiments that it, he's, he's certainly got a promising future. To me, it hasn't been as strong a performance as what we've seen out of Wiley. And I think that he's an easy one if you transition to a back three to drop, yeah. drop, you know? Um, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, it's just unfortunately the way it is, yeah. you know? Whenever you've got to come up with some sort of solution, especially if you're going to go, he's not giving you enough offensively to justify that position in the lineup that you can get out of taking him out to just go with the back three, you know? You know, I got so jealous watching the way Talis Magno was kind of weaving and creating against us yesterday mm-hmm. that I'm trying to remember when we had a player like that. Like, he's Nagby. You think so? Yeah, probably. He's probably been the last person that you really see move the ball around in the midfield like that. That's fair. I mean, I look at our midfield right now, and we have guys that are like search and destroy or lateral passers. They're not yep. really doing – I don't know that they're really asked to. No. But they're not really doing that sort of – No. There's there's no one that is the calm, possess, and distribute midfielder right now in the way that you had with Nagby. That's going to move the ball around and pull people out of position as you transition from the back line to the front. You know, they're all – I feel like most of our – Midfield is search and destroy or counter and distribute. You know what I mean? There's nobody yeah. just there's nobody to sit and possess in the midfield right now for Atlanta. And maybe I'm wrong. I guess Talos Magno is a left winger, but he played. I felt like he was playing centrally so much yeah. Yeah. behind that front line yesterday, yeah. and the, and the goal that uh, Castiano scored um, seemed very instrumental on in that. Um, is that where he lined up yesterday? So it didn't feel like that. Uh, maybe he's just playing. Well, again, and that's where well, and, and, and it's where you see that NYCFC pitch is so compact. I feel like those players, well, seeing yeah. players in a positional situation where they're locked into left wing or right wing or any position, it's it's so hard to do that on that pitch because it's like playing five aside, man. I mean, you're constantly having to go back and forth and, and overlap and, and be in different positions depending on which way the ball shakes out. I mean, it's weird that you you counter and you're feels like 20 yards away from goal on either end of the pitch, you know? Yeah. Everybody's a midfielder, right? Like, yeah, that's, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly God. it. God. <laughs> Just think about how I, even at my best, in my best shape ever, I don't think I was ever fit enough for like a true competitive five aside yeah, match. Man. It's just so Brutal. yeah. Yeah. And everybody yelling at each other, like, stay up, stay up. Why aren't you coming back? Yeah, stay yeah, up. Like yeah. you're playing it's forward, impossible. stay up there. It's Why impossible. aren't you back here helping on defense? Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. Um any other thoughts from the the road trip? Anything else stand out to you? <sighs> No, not right off. I, I think the other thing that stood out to me maybe is is less related to the team, but also kind of echoes your sentiments before about like hopefully this team can show up and support Atlanta returning home this weekend, which is that unfortunately, and we've talked about it in the past too, is it's like with everything going on with the broadcast agreements and Sinclair Group and all that, making it hard to watch on top of just – 
the performance, it's just, it's an unfortunate reality that I feel like we live in right now where it's like, I'm not, I feel like I'm not going out of my way as much to watch this team play for better or worse. It's like, and I think we've talked about this in years past too. It's that it's if, if I'm not going to the game with all of the hassles it takes to watch the game, because if you're out of town, it's not going to be on TV, you know, prime example this past weekend, there was two matches in the time that I was traveling this past week that were broadcast, neither of which were broadcast in, upstate New York, you know what I mean? Like, so, and that's with them playing New York teams, you know, that's yeah. Cause yesterday was on yes. Network. I would imagine for NYCFC NYCFC. Um, so yeah, it's just, I feel like that's just the unfortunate situation that I, and I'm sure it's with all the teams right now. It's that the, the broadcasting viewing rights of, the matches makes it harder and harder to watch. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend and, and being back in the bins and being able to watch the team, hopefully get a result against a good team in Austin FC, but we'll see Austin FC who I was just looking have won four drawn two and only lost one in their last seven. So yeah. their only loss since yeah, since May 19th, they've lost one match and yeah, I mean, Beat Colorado yesterday, um, beat Charlotte, drew FC Dallas, and I feel like Dallas are a pretty solid team. Where are they at the tables? Because Jesus Ferreira's, yeah, they're fifth. Jesus Ferreira's like in the Golden Boot race, um, which is good for the men's national team. Um, also, they beat Montreal the week before. They lost to LA Galaxy, uh, drew Orlando, beat LAFC the week before that. So, I mean, they're a good team. Yeah, and I mean, to Nathan Explosion's point, um, it was an amazing comeback against Colorado because I think they were down 2 nothing. came back 1-3-2. Jeez. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they went down 2 nothing by the 22nd minute and then uh, brought one back in the 28th and then the 46th and then the 59th. But yeah, they have two guys suspended, uh, Kip Keller and Daniel Pereira. I think Pereira is on a yellow card accumulation. Kip Keller, uh, Pereira is a midfielder. Kip Keller is a defender. Um, he, yeah, and Elliot even kind of echoing that in the trap. Um, Keller is a defender. Danny Pereira is a midfielder. So they're going to be without two, two of their starters, I guess, which bodes well for us. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It, it will be good to see them back in the bends. I don't. I didn't re- realize that Chol got time this weekend, yesterday. Mm, yeah. Didn't realize that. Yeah, he's been back. Is that his second substitution, I think, in the past couple weeks? Good. He That's came good in. Oh, shit, what was the other match he came in against? Was it Toronto or was it Miami that he came in against? I don't think he came in against Miami. It must have been Toronto. Let me see. Yeah, Machop Chol came in at the end against uh, in the 82nd minute against Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good to see him back. I mean, I feel like was that. I feel like that was his first foray into the team this year. Yeah, um, in MLS was uh, last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it'd be interesting. So I answer the question: What do you think? Is this a playoff team? Doesn't no, I, I don't think so. No, 
I don't think so. I don't know. I just, I just look at the other teams that we're, we're battling against again, like to bring that, I'm not going to share it, but I'll bring the table back up just to look at, um, I think Toronto are about to get a lot better. They're only two points behind us. Granted, we have a game in hand on them. Um, I don't know about Columbus. I think Columbus just signed, they just signed a big DP too. Um, Miami getting Pozuelo and being two, one match behind or one game in hand against, uh, against new England on the same wins already. I don't know. It's going to be tough. We're going to be battling in uh, Miami, Charlotte, and uh, I think Toronto is going to start kind of stampeding towards the end of the season. It's going to be tough, man. I don't think we make the playoffs. I don't even think we scrape that seventh seed because I mean, I look at new England, they're coming off. They're coming off a uh, supporter shield last year. Yep. And they're catching like, I think I'm going to look at their recent form because I feel like they had such a really poor start to the season. Um, it doesn't look like they've lost since in MLS. They haven't lost since April 23rd. Is that right? They have a fair amount of draws, I guess, since then, but they're drawing teams like Orlando and Philly and Cincy teams all above them. So it's, it's a net benefit for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's. Bruce Arena, I feel like uh, we'll find a way, I guess. Yeah. But. All right, man. Well, is that it for this week? No Dan load, obviously. No Dan load. I do miss Dan. Um, hopefully everything's all right. Um, no. Uh, score predictions for the Austin match? Um, I'll say 3-1 Atlanta. I'm going to be positive. I'll go for a win too, but um, three, two. I think that we, we give up a couple goals, but we, we hold on. Them having some starters out. Joseph Hattrick. I think makes a difference. Incoming at home. Nah. I think Aruju brace. Joseph gets one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brittany asked two one Atlanta. Carl Seggy popping in saying he's gonna watch this tomorrow, but wanted to say hi. Hi, Carl. We'll post the so audio funny. in the morning. Um I've been slacking with that of late. I apologize for those of you who listen to the podcast. Look, man, we got jobs. It. We got jobs. Yeah. Uh Elliot Beaven three one Atlanta. Um yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else? No, I think that's about it. Um Appreciate you guys for tuning in, hanging out with us. Um, like Tim said, sometimes the audio is a little delayed, but appreciate it for you guys that do subscribe and listen to audio. If you do, be sure to like and give us a rating or a review. We always read those aloud on the show. I think we're still trying to crack the, what is it, the 200 yeah, mark? Yeah, two, 200 mark. So, <clears throat> so, yeah, that always helps. Even on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, hit that thumbs up button. For the algorithm, leave us a comment on YouTube even. Even if it's just to say, hey, uh, all that stuff helps. All goes a long way. So we appreciate the hell out of each and every one of you guys and gals every week. Um, Be sure to tell somebody where you heard us and come back next time to listen and hang out with us even more. Hopefully Dan will be back with us then. So until then, as always, be home before dark. See you guys.